0: So, welcome to the Connect2 Podcast, Season 2, Episode 21. Um, I'm Mark Hughes, and our usual intro from Jeff is not here, because Jeff's not here, but today I have a special guest. I've got Shannon Dickey. Hello, Shannon.
1: Hey, Mark. How's it going?
0: It's going great. Um, So, um, uh, yeah, Jeff is uh, uh, enjoying the sun and uh, sand in Hawaii, and so uh, we thought we would... uh, carry on with the podcast, uh, even though he's not here. So um, welcome, Shannon.
1: Hi, nice to be here.
0: So uh, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe, um, particularly on Apple iTunes, because that's where most of you listen to us. Um, Today we have coffee. Our coffee is uh, from Foglifter Coffee Roasters out of Vancouver, BC. It's a Sumatra Taikagon Maha. Oh, I cannot pronounce this. Madheling <laughs> Organic from Indonesia. What do you think of the coffee?
1: It's good. I like it. It's nice and bold.
0: It's supposed to supposed to have tasting notes of medjool dates, whiskey, and earthiness.
1: Definitely earthy. Yes. <laughs>
0: It's definitely getting towards <laughs> camp coffee.
1: Yeah. I feel like I could have a little splash of, splash of cream <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to, just for me,
0: just, just to, to, to smooth the edges off. <laughs> so it's good. So, um, do you have any dad jokes?
1: I have one dad joke from my husband. Okay. All right. Like ready? Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Canoe. Canoe who? Canoe come out to play. <laughs> <laughs> the kids love it.
0: <laughs> uh, my, uh, a friend of mine was yelling at me she was complaining about all these people, uh, who, uh, who come to her door and say, you know, you need to be saved or you'll burn. And it turns out she was complaining about firemen.
1: Oh dear.
0: <laughs> That's a good okay, one. There you go.
1: There we go. Uh,
0: so, um, normally we talk about what kind of things you learned in the past week is, um, and what did you learn in the past week?
1: I had the pleasure of learning how to get my son out of a locked cabinet playing while their kids were playing hide and seek. So in it was your eventful. House? in my house. It was a sliding cabinet door and I was able to unwedge the bottom with my muscles and then slid in a screwdriver. So he had to learn how to use a screwdriver and unlock so himself. So this is a
0: self-locking door?
1: Yeah. Well, it turns out my daughter locked him in with the code and then couldn't remember the code on the door. So yeah, he was on a little shelf in there, all curled up in a ball and... <laughs> It was a stressful 25 minutes trying to coach him how to get out and stay calm.
0: Was he, was he pretty nervous?
1: He only got nervous when I freaked out a little <laughs> bit and had a moment of like, maybe I'll just rip the door off. But it turned out we all took a deep breath. And so is this
0: like a closet door?
1: It's like, yeah, it's a sliding cabinet where you can kind of put in like, it's actually from a work, from my husband's work. And I use it for all sorts of things and toys. And we just tell them not to play with the code, but they decided to play with play the code. With code. So mm-hmm. they changed
0: the code. So yes. is the code un... It fixed or is It's
1: a three three-digit combination and we made my daughter stand there after we got him out and practice all the numbers. So she I guess she locked it in locked him in at eight hundred. So <laughs> she wasn't pleased.
0: <laughs> so she kept having to go until mm-hmm. she unlocked We
1: made her try all the combinations, you know, you gotta learn those lessons.
0: <sighs> wow. Yeah, eventful. That is uh yeah is it was it a bigger space or a smaller oh,
1: space? oh it was tiny my son's nine and he was kind of had his legs curled up and laying on his side the whole time so it was not a big place for him
0: and i'm sure it was dark
1: yes i was able to get a flashlight kind of under the corner at the bottom and he had a little light to see the screws to practice <laughs> oh <my.
0: laughs> um uh, is there anything else you learned last week
1: that was the big one. That's the one that sticks out. How okay. about yourself?
0: Uh, well, there's uh, so I learned that there's this uh, there's this big asteroid called Phaeton three thousand two hundred that um, is um, it 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 uh, it's one of the... they call them neos near Earth object
1: right, right?
0: and um, basically it, it rotates around or it orbits around the sun but it crosses um earth's trajectory Venus's, and 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 mercury and it has a very elliptical path it goes crazy close to the sun and the thing that's unusual about it is it's blue so most rocks or are most are kind of a reddish color or more Mm. gray this one is blue and apparently it's blue because it goes so close to the sun when it goes around the sun and it's been doing this for a long time okay um but it's kind of this half asteroid half comet
1: Mm. so it
0: basically has some some attributes that are kind of like a comet and some that are like like an asteroid uh it's not at risk in the near future of colliding with the earth okay at, at some point in time hundreds of years in the future it might but not right now um but the big thing is that uh, every october or november we actually uh, as a planet we fly through some of the particles and there's a meteor shower associated with this particular fantastic asteroid. but the uh this asteroid is so it's very confusing asteroid because it has these properties of both
1: oh fantastic so um and when yeah. is it the strongest do you know mark
0: uh, right about now, actually, yeah. okay. end of October, beginning of November. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, well, Elon Musk, uh, Musk has uh, purchased Twitter. For the longest time, it seemed like this was never going to happen because <laughs> it didn't make any economic sense. Right. Uh, as a company, Twitter doesn't make very much money. So uh, I think, I mean, it's a relative terms. I think they make about a billion dollars a year or something mm-hmm. like that um but they're the um the uh Elon is buying it for 44 million dollars and then he wants to turn it private but he has about 15 billion dollars of i think 44 billion dollars not not million dollars okay uh about 15 million billion dollars of that these numbers are so huge um <laughs> is borrowed oh really it's borrowed, right? And interest rates have just shot up, right? So the problem is, if you're only making a billion dollars worth of profit on a value of about forty-four billion dollars, <laughs> um, how do you service the debt on this borrowed money? Right. If, if you need another billion dollars. Right. So does he got
1: that? Have that in his back pocket?
0: No, apparently not. <laughs> so I mean, he's a very, he's the world's richest man. He has lots of money. He's He's a little crazy. He started, uh, so he's gone on about how he you know, wants to get rid of conspiracy stuff. And at the meantime, he's, he's propagating it. So uh, right. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of the U.S., mm-hmm. her husband got attacked over the weekend. Oh, gosh. Some guy broke into their house in, um, in California and uh, attacked him with uh, a hammer.
1: Oh, that's awful. He was actually
0: looking for Nancy Pelosi and she was actually in Washington.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: But, um, ended up, uh, like he ended up with a skull fracture and he was fighting off this, this assailant. Um, Terrifying. anyway, so right wing conspiracy, crazy websites were saying that it was Paul, his name is Paul, Paul Pelosi, mm-hmm. his it was his gay he was drunk, there was a gay lover who was spurned, who was doing this, and none of which is correct I mean
1: right they know but who that's the media they can put out whatever they want,
0: yeah <laughs> some guy, of them guy's apparently originally from Canada too, which you know doesn't help right anyway it uh but he's been in the states for about ten years or something like that. so it it but so Elon mm-hmm posted a link to this conspiracy stuff. In fact, the website went down shortly after because it was just overwhelmed. All
1: over. Oh my goodness.
0: He's um, Twitter is an interesting place because it is one of those places where a lot of uh, journalists will go to get information. Mm-hmm. If you want to get your news before newspapers, right. it's a it place to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, we'll see how long that can last with Mm -hmm. the new uh new landlords
1: yeah it'll be interesting if he changes anything or if he just what he promotes on there as well too right that'll be the big question
0: well he what he he did is he fired uh he fired all the the a lot of the executive staff Mm -hmm. has apparently i I don't know if it's true or not but uh, apparently fired them all with cause to wow. avoid paying their massive severance because they have huge severance clauses right and um so yeah that's probably not going to go very far yeah, how
1: is that is that going to fly i'm, I'm yeah, curious see so how it f- plays out right i
0: suspect it's not going to fly very well no
1: so. but then get yourself in a bunch of other red tape right so that'll be interesting
0: well exactly um well and, and uh, so anyway it's it's been kind of a. It's going to be an interesting time to see what happens because there are other right-wing kind of um, unfettered uh, platforms out there. There's True Social. There's um, uh, I'm thinking Signal, but Signal's a little bit different. Um, there was Parler, and they, they've basically just gone nowhere, right? Because none of the advertisers want to go in a place that's hostile, right? So um yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Interesting. Hey, uh, I was just realized uh you're you're talking with us and nobody knows who you are. Can you give me a 30-second okay. elevator pitch description of who Shannon Dickey is?
1: Oh, this is putting me on the spot. Uh yeah, I'm Shannon Dickey. Um coming up to 40 this year. Oh, wow. So i big have to figure out something really fun. Hopefully maybe some backcountry camping, we'll segue into our chat today. Um yeah, and I do a lot lot of variety for work, so I work as a human resources consultant, and I work for Core Love Fitness as well, supporting prenatal, postnatal moms, and on the side for Mark Hughes Photography. That's awesome. (laughs) That's me.
0: That's excellent. And you have two kids.
1: Two kiddos, yeah. They're excited for Halloween today, so we're very excited. they were up early and getting everything packed for school. They're very excited. What are they dressed up in? They're both going as Harry Potter characters. So one's in Ravenclaw and one is in Slytherin. So, and they're going out with a bunch of their friends wearing the same costume. So it's going to be a f- really fun night.
0: Did they have to use a sorting hat to decide which characters they were going to be?
1: They didn't. They were very, um, they had a big little meet. They had a little meeting, I should say. And they got together to pick out who's going to be who. And they got creative because they said, well, I don't really look like Cho Chang from Ravenclaw, but I'll be Cho Chang's daughter. So they, they morphed it a little. So it was quite interesting. Okay. (laughs) interesting that's very cool very uh yeah very communicative that group that's cute
0: now uh you are a big backcountry camper
1: i am i love getting out there and just getting away from the crowds um and really challenging myself to go a little bit of a further distance my kids do it as well and we often pair up with my sister and her kiddos and we get out there and just have a ball
0: so uh i'm so this is our topic for today and my uh my experience with backcountry camping is Quite limited. I've gone twice. My wife has gone once, so it's not my experience directly. But um, it was it was definitely fun. It was definitely interesting. There were parts of it that were quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Uh, so tell me about what your favorite uh, trips have been or t- f- favorite places to go for backcountry camping and why.
1: Well, one of the ones we went to this summer, I'll talk about specifically. Um, it's called Bovin Lake. It's down by Waterton. Okay. And it is random camping down there. So you don't have to have oh, you have to have your backcountry permit, but not like you would with the national parks where you they like check it and you have to have your carrier your number on you and stuff like that. So you, um, you can camp anywhere. Um, this one was a little bit more developed, though. So they did have picnic tables back there, but normally they wouldn't. You, If you're doing random camping, there wouldn't be any There's facilities. No, no facilities. No facilities. And this one had a little outhouse, you know, those nice green, green thrones. So open to the air, which is definitely my preference versus the closed-in ones that get smelly.
0: So like, like just a, just a toilet.
1: Just a toilet. Yeah. with a, It does have a lid, sorry, to keep the smells in. Um, but yeah, you're kind of just the back of you gets covered so it kind of comes up to your shoulder blades and then you know you can see people coming up behind you be like oh sorry give you a few more minutes and <laughs> walk the other way for a while so oh, wow yeah so that one I like those ones because they're definitely less smelly yeah okay yeah
0: yeah I mean I went I went to uh, Mount Assiniboine um I mean we flew in in a helicopter and it landed mm-hmm. and then I hiked for a couple or three kilometers to there were designated campsites Mm -hmm. um and or pads there were just pads um there was kind of a general a centralized shelter and there were some outhouses there was no water so uh, right water was definitely uh, and uh for at that point in time apparently it was had been crazy dry so there was like no water anywhere you really had to hike for it hike for quite a ways to get water Mm -hmm. so so that that was interesting um Yeah, um... But but definitely facilities, so.
1: That's good, yeah. The other one I did with uh, about, as uh, so we had eight women and we brought in um, to Glacier Lake, and that one was more like a where you had your pa- kind of like designated areas for the tents and outhouses, and then we were by a lake on that one. So the water source was not a problem, but that can be if you're not, so what we typically go to lake areas that have a lake just because we have the kids and we don't wanna make it too, that's one of their jobs is to collect water for us, so to filter. So we wanna make sure that it's not too far from from us and that there is like a larger source because um, with kids we go through a lot of water
0: so when you're backcountry camping you have to you you can't just grab water you need to treat it so yeah I
1: don't want to get beaver fever and that's not gonna be pleasant you're gonna be in the bathroom for a while on those ones so yeah we have I've used different types of filters I've had a pump filter for a while and um, so it has like a dirty hose that goes into the water and a clean hose that would go into my water bottle or whatever my water bladder whatever I have there and it filters out all of all of the bad stuff that you don't want to get pick up from animals or just bacteria and things like that. Um, But now I have a tried a new one this year I upgraded to it's through the platypus and it has two different water bladders. um, So it rolls up really small, super light and doesn't take up much room in my bag. So when I'm packing for the kids, I often have to pack a lot of their gear. So anything smaller and lighter is better for me. And it's really cool if, if you have a lake, it's great because you can do this big scoop up in the bladder, hang it on a tree and it's a gravity bag. So then it goes through to the clean bag and then we have our water source from there.
0: Yeah. I, um, so that's, that, that's the same system. It sounds like it's the same system that I use, which is, which is uh, just a gravity feed. Uh, but, yeah. um, and in fact, uh, when we uh, I've gone both times. I've gone with a friend of mine, Dave Buzio, who's also a photographer and he's got some, he's got this giant, uh, it's, it's, it's very small, but it has a, a, a 10 liter bladder. Wow.
1: That's so, big um,
0: so he basically just goes, fills it up and then we fill up every container that we have. Perfect. And, uh, and in fact, uh, we hauled it back probably about two kilometers to, you we know, of the full dirty platter mm-hmm. two kilometers back to our campsite and he just hung it on a tree near and so every time we need water we just went
1: yeah that water source is pretty far and that can happen in a lot of places or if you buy a creek and the creek dries up or a stream right well that, yeah
0: so so the campsite is normally by a creek but the creek was dried up right and apparently at mount, at mount assiniboine normally there's all these little reflecting pools all over the place right they were all dry everything was dry oh it's changing our seasons are right crazy dry so um at least that was the case at the end of september so mm-hmm. i i think it's um quite different in the spring, but uh, it was nice going at the end of September because it was cold enough that all the bugs were gone.
1: Yeah, the buggy areas. I live with a bug net in my backpack, so it goes over top. Like I wear a baseball hat for the sun and I can put it right over top and I'm fully, the bugs do not go near my face. You can still hear them, of course, but if it's a bad buggy zone... You can actually survive if you have a bug net on, but otherwise you get very agitated. It's very, uh, uh, yeah, it's tough with those bugs. Really? Yeah. I've been to a couple areas where you like have to lift your bug net up and quickly get your bite of dinner in, but usually there's some mosquitoes on there. So yeah, there. Oh, I've been to a couple really? areas like that. That does yeah. not sound fun. Not my favorite spots to go. I went one uh, with my husband for our anniversary this year and it was very buggy. So we where were very happy. Where did you go? Um, I can't even remember the name of that trail. Isn't that terrible? It's right by Glacier Lake um, on Highway 90 for um just past Nordeg. so okay I'm totally drawing blank on the name mark we go a lot of places so I forget the names of all the trails
0: <laughs> well I, I when I uh so, so this year when I uh I mean I, I was camping with my truck camper which is I guess considered front, camp- front, front? camping front country camping yep. um um my dog and I we stayed at this one campsite on the uh, the Stewart Cassier Highway, which um, so uh, the Alaska Highway got closed for a period because a beaver dam let go and wiped out a section of the Alaska Highway for about three or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, people were pretty panicky, and um, but there is an alternate route down from Watson Lake, and um, so I took that to get back because I had a wedding to photograph. Right, and. Um, Uh, we stayed in this one place and it was crazy. There were, I've never seen so many bugs, so many mosquitoes is this, you couldn't even the, the campsite um, attendants. Yeah. They're wearing full bug suits just to kind of clean up and collect your fees.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And uh, so, you know, there were people there who had their like um, watercraft and, all the stuff for fun, family camping stuff, but there's no way you could have done any of that. They would, you'd be spending all your time in your tent yeah. or in your, for me, it's not so bad because our, my camper's fairly well equipped, mm-hmm. but uh, there's definitely, yeah. Uh,
1: could have been a bit miserable. We're making it sound really miserable. It's not really that miserable all the time, no, though.
0: <laughs> it, in fact, most of the time, yeah. So, uh, And I have to say, Mount sinborn was spectacular. It was unbelievably yeah. spectacular. I do like the getting to the spot, setting up camp, and then day hikes, as opposed to just continuously moving camp. That's, yeah. that's hard.
1: It's t- hard. I mean, it's hard on your body to like set up camp and then take it down and re-roll everything and pack up your bag every time. It's okay if it's not raining, you know, but if it is some rain, that can be a little bit more challenging. Um, But you can get further in and deeper in. That's why people love the backcountry, right? You can go in, you know, 7, 10 kilometers or however that first day is, set up camp and then go even deeper in. And then if you can loop out, it's really nice. Um, Because you get away from the crowds, right? You're not, you know, you can have some spots that have been completely remote and I've never seen any other people back there. And I love that part of it.
0: Yeah, but uh, well, I, I don't think you have to go very far to get to really where nobody else has been.
1: No, yeah, just a little bit, you have to go through a little bit of pain and suffering sometimes to get to those spots, just because it's a longer hike in, for example, right? We went 10 kilometers with the kids this year, and it was just a long, grueling uphill. It was beautiful, but we were all, we could have started a little earlier, had a few more, maybe even stopped and had dinner on the way, because we got in pretty late, but um, timing can be everything, and yeah, make sure you, make sure you plan your timing.
0: So is this something you always did as a a child? Were you a backcountry camper as a kid or?
1: Great question. No, I wasn't. Um, We did lots of day hiking. And so we had a love for the mountains early on for sure. Um, But we obviously had people to stay with a lot of times. So wasn't really until I got into actually rock climbing in university many moons ago and then we started camping a lot more and then we got into backcountry camping and I just grew from there and every year I make sure to get out at least for two or three um so we can get out and throw on the backpack and and get through it there so it's fantastic.
0: Now your uh your sister is also big into backcountry.
1: Camping. She is, yeah. And she has just recently moved to Canmore two years ago. And yeah, she's got some really cool spots. She's like, let's go here. I'm like, trust her and go for it. Because um, she's been able to explore even more so living right in the heart of Canmore.
0: Okay. And so she similarly would not have not have had this growing up. This is uh, an adult adult onset backcountry camping love.
1: Yeah, we both went to U of a and we both got into rock climbing. Um, we never really climbed as much together. She had different class times than I did, but uh, she made a good group of people and so did I. And I think we just kind of found our niche of people that loved being outside and being outdoors. And like, although we live in Edmonton, I'm in the forest all the time. And I think that's the big thing for me is just getting out and being in the trees. It shifts your day, it shifts your perspective. It gives you some silence, and I think that's what we need in the world sometimes.
0: Well, you've got a very cool, uh, right behind your house, you've got a very cool uh, ravine with the Patricia Heights ravine. That's right. That's a very wild kind of, like literally wild. There are some paths through it, but a lot of it's not particularly easy to get through.
1: Yeah, and lots of connectors through there. So we can walk really far with just being in the forest. And yeah, I've got a puppy last year, so Otis and I get out there all the time right now, and it's wonderful.
0: Well, and it's off-leash as well. Isn't
1: all it? off-leash, yeah, it's great. And people are pretty understanding in there, right? If the you kind of dog gets ahead, and they're pretty, pretty easy going
0: about that. So how, how does Otis do off-leash?
1: We're doing pretty good. We're practicing. He's still a puppy. I have a Springer Spaniel, so he's very, very active. Um, but his recalls getting a lot better. It's not great when he sees another dog, though. He just wants to play and visit and say hello. So um, yeah, I get to know some of the common d- people I run into down there now, though.
0: Well, that's awesome. Do you ever go to other off-leash areas? Or-
1: I tried to look a liquor dog park the other day, and the dogs that were there were pretty far away. And yeah, he bolted for them and didn't hear a word I had to say. So I tried to calmly saunter down there, and they didn't mind. They were playing really well together. Um, but I'm like, I got to get away from all these dogs. So I had to walk a bit deeper in and
0: don't get go to there. Bonavista. No, okay. <laughs> Bonavista is way worse.
1: Busy, busy. Hey,
0: it's um, I mean, it's quite a nice. Uh, quite a nice off leash area, but it has a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. So it is, there are a lot of dogs, a lot of people. I have a friend um, who I think you know, Stephen Wong. Yes. So Stephen, uh, so I bumped into Stephen, he had his dog. I can't remember his dog's name. And we were just chatting for like two minutes and his dog poo, gone. Gone. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And um, not usually that kind of problem with his dog. And I think. In fact, I think that's the only time his dog has absolutely bolted. Um it took him a couple hours to find the dog.
1: Oh, that's so stressful. You just so worried that they're way to heck and gone, right? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um yeah, he he ended up uh I think he ended up following some other dog and they oh. were hanging out together and uh,
1: having a good time. Not good worried time, at all. Not
0: worried about uh about dad at all. Yeah. So, that was that was not good. Yeah. So um, what would be your top tips for somebody that wants to start backcountry camping?
1: All right. These are good ones. I also worked at Breathe Outdoors or Camper's Village back in the day for many years. So Did you really? Yeah, six I, years I, there. I, so I'm a bit of a gear. I love the gear. Um, my gear actually got old. <laughs> and so I had to buy new gear this year, which is fine. So gear is one of them. I would say definitely get a comfortable backpack. You're going to be wearing it for many hours and it's going to be loaded. And we're just not used to wearing a bag like loaded bag so um
0: and it's gonna fit you
1: it's gotta fit well like there's women specific bags there's tall bags if you're taller get a good backpack it's gonna be really hard most of the stores can fit you really well so they'll size you up and chat with you about what you're looking for second thing is a good sleeping mat so i need to sleep if i don't sleep i'm not very pleasant in the morning and plus then i need my coffee uh right away so yeah get a good sleeping mat um i've been hit or miss on some of the mats it's hard it's a big investment but um get something i i personally suggest getting something a little thicker than the literally ultra lightweight although they're going to be lighter to carry in your backpack i need some comfort i need some comfort back there i want to sleep well because then i'll have a better next day
0: well and it keeps you off but it keeps you warmer because mm-hmm. it keeps you off the ground.
1: Absolutely. So you can often get a lighter sleeping bag because if you have some insulated mat then you're going to be a lot warmer. Yeah. And they a lot of them roll up super small. The technology is really cool with them.
0: Well, I've uh I, I have this this inflatable one and it it's it's pretty good, but if I roll around a lot at night, it mm-hmm. slowly deflates.
1: Ooh, might have a small leak there or something. Yeah, I
0: think I don't I, I thought so, but I've also found that there if I don't if I'm not super restless, oh. it doesn't. doesn't so go. it's got something to do with me moving around.
1: Okay, there so, you go.
0: Yeah, but uh, sometimes the super... Thin, uh, lightweight material are very squeaky, which is very... It can be
1: a lot of noise in the tent. I do bring earplugs with me too. That's a really big, important one. Because there's just so many noises you don't hear, right? You hear Russell. It's probably a squirrel. But, you know, your mind plays tricks on you at night, right? So um, I do pop in some earplugs and... If There's a bear, there's a bear. There's not much I can do at that point. I'm sure I would wake up to something wrestling that big in the forest, right? So,
0: well, and uh, I mean, Lori went uh, backcountry camping to Skokie Lake, oh, beautiful. And uh, apparently at Skokie Lake, there is the Skokie Lake porcupine. Oh, so you can't leave any of your boots or anything in your vestibule because they'll come into your vestibule, yeah. So, and in fact, uh, she heard when they were camping she heard all this noise from these other campers at two in the morning at four in the morning it was because the porcupines had gotten in and were
1: oh wrestling to, around in trying there, trying to
0: eat their eat their boots
1: yeah, yeah yeah pull it in if you have to um my sister had backpacked or they had gotten boated into an island i can't remember which one in bc and like off the coast and they have wolves on the island, and the wolves took off with Mike's flip-flops, so. Really? Yeah. He was barefoot for, uh, unless he was in his shoes, he was pretty much barefoot, I think. So, yeah, not so fun.
0: Do you always bring two pairs of shoes?
1: I do, yeah. I usually bring on some sandals with me. Um, I always get the kids to bring in an extra pair of shoes because miserable feet are not good, and you just need to get out of those boots, right? The boots get heavy, they get warm, they get sweaty inside too, right? So if right. you can, take them off, have a change. I wear an extra, bring an extra pair of socks. That's going to be important too, as well. Good pair, a couple of pairs of socks. I highly recommend bringing wool ones in or like a wool blend. Um, they wick better and your feet will just be, if you have happy feet, you'll get, go a lot further.
0: Okay. So get a backpack that fits. Yeah. Um, get a good, uh, good, uh, or, yeah. uh,
1: uh, any of those mats would be great.
0: Mats. Um, I've seen lots of people with those folding ones that are kind of silvered on one side. They d- they don't seem very thick at all.
1: No, I still go for anything a little thicker. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't tried those ones, though.
0: So. Um, and what else?
1: Okay, good socks and... I like a good sleeping bag too. The tents are all really well made. So generally, if you get something light and well made, you're going to have no problem with your tent. But I, again, like to be warm. I'm a pretty cold sleeper. So the Thermarest, great, awesome, throw a good mat on, and then a really good sleeping bag.
0: Well, and uh, I really noticed with the tents that, uh, so I think we we have a three man a t- uh, two m- two man tent that really only sleeps one person. You gotta There's get no squishy. way, no <laughs> way you could fit two people in there. Yeah. Um unless you were child sized.
1: Yeah. Yeah, small. we squish in there pretty good. Um we do have a four person but really need a little bit smaller tent cuz ours is a bit hefty on the weight side. Um we would like to get something a little lighter cuz if I go in with the ladies that a group that I go in with, I usually bring that and it's like too it's big. too big, yeah. It just need a little bit smaller. So we're gonna refine that. I think next year we'll get a new tent. um But yeah, they're supposed to be cozy. If you're co, if you're closer together, you're gonna stay warmer. Mm-hmm. If you have too much air and too much like height on the top of your tent, you're gonna get create like a bit of a cold spot. So yeah, they usually the backcountry ones are a bit shorter and they're gonna be a little cozier.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because uh, I think Dave has like this one person tent that. Like, it's like, it's like a coffin because it's not much bigger than him.
1: Yeah. Well, there's bivvies out there, right? The bivvy just really is like the size of your sleeping bag and has usually like one pole, like teeny little pole that goes over top of your head, just to give you a little bit of feeling of space around your head. There are bivvies that don't have that, but, um. My nephew is a big backcountry guy too, and he, he, yeah, they often bivy. My sister will bivy. They also have hammocks that have mesh and a tarp you can kind of hang over top, and they will often, if they're in the tree and like below subalpine, then they will go in their hammocks, which is pretty cool.
0: Okay. Um, any other suggestions? Or good um, boots,
1: maybe. Yeah, good boots. Yeah, good footwear is gonna be really important. Like running shoes just don't have the same amount of support. And a lot of times it's actually the impact with rocks and roots, right? So the balls of your feet are gonna get really tired if you're wearing running shoes. Can you tell I worked in the footwear area? Um so yeah, get a trail runner, get something maybe that comes a little bit over the there's controversy over the ankle or not over the ankle. I like a little bit more stability if I'm carrying a big pack. So I do have something that comes up over my ankle. Um, but release the sole, like really get a really good sole on the bottom of those hiking shoes and boots and um, Um, that'll help you a lot for bruising and things like that.
0: Okay. Uh, Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, And what, uh, what, what other suggestions do you have?
1: I was going to say if you're with kids or, you know, if you have a sweet tooth, always bring in some. Great chocolate, some candy to encourage people along the way. And just, you just sometimes need a little extra sugar. So if you're finally like you're diving a little bit and you're losing your energy, um yeah, have something with you. I mean, there's some great things you can get at like Mech and Breathe Outdoors that has like a bit more electrolytes in it. Those are great to have on hand because sometimes, yeah, you make sure your food is enough and it's really encouraging if you tell your kid when they get to the next, like, next. Up and over, then they can have, you know, a handful of Skittles. They'll be super happy and they'll they'll, they'll complain less.
0: <laughs> well, so Lori took a bunch of chocolate and, uh, and uh, it was hot when they were, so it ended up in a giant ball of... Ah, uh, something candy
1: coated might be better. Some yeah. M&M's, almond M&M's, you know, yeah, those yeah. are good. Peanut okay. M&M's, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, what do you do? I, I noticed when I was camping that, uh, so... For me, breakfast was easy. I just had like oatmeal, like uh, prepackaged stuff. Um, And uh, the the dinners was, again, freeze-dried stuff
1: right those a higher sodium though mark so i mean they're great for like i like those on day two or day three or just for ease like you just like they're light they're really easy but there's so many cool things you can do or you can get like something like go to a safeway and get sidekicks or a superstore you can get sidekicks and they just add water um so there's a really good thai one in there thai noodles oh that's one of our favorite it's got little like slivered carrots in it and stuff so you can get some of that um so that's a really good one Oh, man, I have a really awesome, it's called five peas in a pot. So it's, it's noodles. I bring in it. Um, I don't bring in a can of tuna, but you can get tuna in a bag. So I bring tuna in to mix in with that lemon juice and um, Parmesan. That'll be my meal. And I actually bring in frozen peas. So or you can get dehydrated peas as well.
0: Frozen peas?
1: Yeah, I just bring out throw them in a bag and bring them in. They're a little mushy when we get there, but throw them in the pot. Nobody notices.
0: What about, uh, what do you do for lunches though?
1: Lunches have never always, never been my favorite, but cause like anything you bring in, like we'll still bring in bagels cause the kids just like love their carbs. Um, and I'll even bring in like a little thing of peanut butter so that we can have like some of that protein. Um, you can get, I mean, there's so many things you can get now. Um, like dried, um, chickpeas, dried lentils and they're flavored and they're yummy. That'll give you a bit of a protein boost as well. Um, we even bring in like baby bell cheese, right? Cause it's pre-wrapped in their wax and yeah, so yeah. we don't mind that for a couple of days sure it's soft and warm by the last day but you're not you never know one's gotten sick from that um, because it is in the wax um so trying to get that protein right you need a lot more protein back there and that's the hardest part and bagels oops, bagel, bagels are big so they are a bit heavier but that's kind of you sometimes need those creature comforts
0: yeah, it's definitely something I struggled with uh, for lunch. Like, uh, so I noticed that Dave is always got uh, he's always got uh, peanut butter and tortillas. He uses yeah, tortillas. That's a good one. Um, and uh, I was going more on the uh, snacky foods with like um, uh, little bars and uh, like uh, almond trail mix stuff, but that. Just never quite cuts it for lunch.
1: Not quite satisfying enough. You know what? Sometimes when we stop for lunch, even with the kids, we'll bring like cup of soups because they're in little prepackaged, dehydrated, right? So you can get like cup of vegetable soup or like chicken noodle soup. And like, man, if you boil up a cup of chicken noodle soup at lunch, it's like the salt and the, oh, that's good. I mean, when you're sick, that tastes so good, right? When you're back country camping, (laughs) it tastes really good to get a little extra salt in there too. And something super easy and light.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, uh, do you have any, uh, I mean, it's the end of backcountry season basically right now. You don't do any in the winter, do you?
1: I don't because as you can tell by my thread, of chat here, I get cold. So I haven't winter camped. Um,
0: have that's ever, a whole nother... Have you ever winter camped?
1: Never. No, I have ice climbed and it was really cold and it was, I was, I was in, um, junior high at that point. Um, so I did try that with one of our outdoor clubs, but, um, not my cup of tea. I ski. I love to downhill ski and cross country ski, but I usually can stay pretty warm. Winter camping, you need a bit of different gear as well too. And you have to be kind of knowledgeable about the snow, avalanche conditions, things like that if you're in the mountains. So um, an area to get more well-versed in if I ever venture that way.
0: <laughs> Do you have any plans for backcountry camping for next year or is that too far ahead? I
1: oh, I always have ideas in the back of my head because we, we've done this women's trip. Um, now we two years running and we have probably now 11 ladies that want to go on it so we'll start researching that one pretty quick because we have to have something for all levels um some people have never backcountry camped so we share out a bunch of gear and it's pretty cool experience having someone do it for the first time um so we'll start looking into that and then yeah something that's appropriate for the kiddos they can go pretty far they are troopers and if you just keep your kids doing it Sure, they'll complain, they'll keep going, but nothing on the radar at the moment. I'll start in February when I have to start booking.
0: Well, that that was going to be my next question is how early do you have to book?
1: Yeah, um, usually for national parks, that's February. So you kind of really have to plan ahead and hope you have those weekends free. Weekends book up so fast. Um, so usually there'll be about three of us that get together first thing in the morning. We brew a good cup of coffee and then we are on the booking system and we're all trying to book spots at the same time.
0: Now you don't usually go by yourself. You, you, you know, uh, do you recommend people do that by themselves or always have somebody with them?
1: I've always gone with somebody. I like the comfort of it. I have a very big imagination, so I hear things and see things that aren't there all the time—a rustle in the bush and things like that. And I just like to be able to share my experiences with them after. Remember when this happened? Oh, the stove broke, or this happened. It's just nice for me to like. I like to share things with people. So I typically go with people, but my sister does do solo trips and she said, you learn a lot about yourself when you go on those trips.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You have to overcome some of your fears and
0: you You have have to be be, ready to do it all. I think you have to be a bit more aware too. Yeah. Yeah. If anything goes wrong, you got no backup.
1: No backup. Yeah. So I like a little bit more with me just in case, just (laughs) a backup. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, usually at the end of the show, we talk about what kind of media we, we're consuming. So what kind of media have you been consuming?
1: Uh, well, I just finished up a book on my Kindle. So I like to read on my Kindle because yeah, I can just power through lots of different books. So I just finished one by Guy Galvariel Kay called All the Seas of the World. It's in the fantasy genre and is one of my favorite authors. Okay. And can't even give you a synopsis of the book because I feel like I'm already, yeah, onto the next thing. And I'm into the Netflix shows right now. But amazing author, amazing character development, um, really fascinating.
0: So Nef- books. what Netflix shows are you into?
1: Uh, we're watching Peaky Blinders right now. Okay. It's a really, really, I like really like period pieces. So like, yeah, from our a little bit in the past. So that one is one we really enjoyed. And we just finished up The Umbrella Academy, which is totally different.
0: Crazy genre. So which yeah. uh, which season? Have you, so you finished all, the whole thing?
1: Oh uh, yeah, all of Umbrella Academy were done.
0: So there is there three seasons? I think there's yeah three seasons. seasons I think i mm-hmm, uh, I believe yeah. I think I've only watched the first two.
1: So. Yeah, and it's funny in each of the seasons with Umbrella Academy, we're like okay, that one was like way over our head. What just happened in that, which is that one episode. And then they pull it together on the next one. Right. And you're like, yeah. okay, that was okay. Now I'm getting it all right. So sometimes it can be quirky and funny and weird and odd, but then we just get right back into those characters again.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't, I, like I said, I haven't watched the second, uh, the third season of Umbrella Academy, but uh, I did enjoy the first two. Check it um, out. How about you? Well, I've been watching uh, some Star Wars stuff. Uh, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but uh, I'm enjoying it. There's one that's called Andor, which is really quite interesting. It kind of uh, takes place before I don't know the the Rogue One movie, which I think is actually one of the best Star Wars movies. Which is Rogue One?
1: I don't think I've watched them all. <laughs> I have to get I have, to, I have to update myself.
0: So the Rogue One is immediately before the first one with Luke and Leia.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's, it, in fact, the end of Rogue One goes to the, the opening scene for oh, cool. Star Wars. So it, yeah. it, it end, and, and it explains where they got the, the uh, plans for the Death Star.
1: Oh, wow. So it is very
0: interesting. It is very different from all the other Star Wars um and uh and in that there is a character that is introduced called Cassian Andor and so they, they basically this is a prequel to the Rogue One which is five years before before uh Rogue One and yeah. you learn the backstory on Cassian Andor who's one of the characters
1: nice I like to be able to learn that that character development what happened where how did they get there right exactly yeah
0: um what i've been watching the slowest this is the slowest thing we've been going through stranger oh. things
1: oh yes but oh
0: my god like we're on uh and, and my wife dressed up today is when we're recording this it's halloween mm-hmm. and my wife uh, decided to dress up as hopper she and looks great i love <laughs> she,
1: the image yeah she
0: looks she, like it was funny because uh so she had you know she got a This is Hopper from season one or season two of Stranger Things, but uh, when he was still a cop. Um, But uh, so we we went to uh, the theater garage, which is a costume place where you can rent costumes. So she rented a hat and rented a shirt and then got a fake badge. And uh, um, she went to a a place. She needed a tan pair of pants because he kind of wears this tan top and uh, there's a, the, the place at Theater Garage suggested uh, a place called Blenders, okay. which is just like Value Village, except Value Village on steroids, because um, you pay by the pound.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So uh, at Value Village, you know, a pair of pants might cost five bucks or 10 bucks right. or whatever. Um, Lori got a a blue like coat and a tan pair of pants for $6 and 49 cents. Nice. You you literally, there's a scale next to the till and it doesn't matter what you're buying. Wow. You put it on there and how much it weighs will determine how much you pay.
1: That's interesting. Very different. uh,
0: So, uh, yeah, so she, she got her, but, but what was really amazing is she, she put all her get up on and uh, at the theater garage they gave her some ideas on how to make a beard
1: oh great
0: so i'm putting so i'm the one applying the beard yeah so it's just with like a sponge and this this uh makeup and i'm going like holy crap this looks amazing awesome. right? like, uh, like it was going on really so well. good yeah. so well and uh yeah so she's <laughs> Apparently, uh, one of her co-workers didn't recognize her when she walked by Amazing. this morning. So. so it worked out. It was so a good, good makeup. She's really happy. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so uh, yeah. So Stranger Things. But the thing about Stranger Things I'm finding is that the, each episode is, they're long. They're mm-hmm. like an hour and 15, 20 minutes per episode. Yeah. It's like a little movie Per episode.
1: A lot going on in each of those too. You gotta oh, be paying yeah. attention, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I have to say that uh so we were just watching one of the episodes and I was saying, I think that guy is this person. And she said, No. And then twenty minutes later, that guy was this person.
1: Wow. Yeah. Did you Google it up and figure it out? Or- no, no, no.
0: I'm sitting here going like, hmm. I think that guy's back now.
1: Oh, and, uh, so, oh that the putting the characters together, yeah. I'm going,
0: yeah. So I, I was and then I said, and I think this is this, right? And yeah. and she goes, How did you know this? And I'm going like, I think I've watched too much TV. Yeah. I can kind of You can find the threads. Sometimes you can sort of yeah. Yeah. There's uh there's been a there's been a few a few uh shows where I, I'm sitting there watching it and then uh, there was one uh This is a long, long time ago. There was, what was it called? Top Secret. I think with, uh, there was, it it had Val Kilmer in it.
1: Oh, nice. It was a
0: really long time ago. Yeah. But I'm in the middle of a movie theater and I'm watching and there's, there's some grand reveal. Yeah. Right. And I'm sitting here and I all of a sudden yell out loud, popcorn. And because the and, and 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 I'm just I'm going like I didn't realize I I didn't mean to say it oh, out loud yeah. much less as loud as I did but I just I had basically spoiled the whole movie the, the next 5 minutes because that's when they revealed that the house was full of popcorn, popcorn oh I my gosh seen. mark that's and so funny I did not mean to do that but I totally did that so I it's not uncommon for me to figure out things just before yeah anyway Maybe, I, yeah, just watch too much TV. Anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> that's basically it. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks ladies.
1: for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: And um, uh, we'll be back at our regular bat time and bat channel um, next week. But um, hopefully Jeff will have Tales of Maui. Oh, so lovely. Anyway, I will uh, let you go. Have a really great day.
1: See you. See you later. Bye.